Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Roastmasters Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Ben Mostaller. Along with me tonight, Garrett Harrison. Uh, Doug Glatke is not with us tonight. He has other things going on, but that's all right. Doesn't mean we can't give you some good content here. And tonight we got the AFC South for you. So we are going to be talking all things Titans, Texans, Colts, and Jaguars for you. And hopefully give you a little edge on everybody else in your fantasy league. Because we study up, we do the homework for you. All you got to do is listen and we'll make sure to tell you who to draft and who to avoid. So we're going to start with the Tennessee Titans, and it's a fan favorite of Garrett's here. He is a Steelers fan, but he does like the Titans, and we'll start with their star running back, Derrick Henry, who finished last year fantasy number one. He hit the 2,000 mark, which doesn't happen in the NFL with 2,027 yards, which was first overall. 17 touchdowns on the ground, which was first overall. And this was one touchdown better on the ground and almost 500 more than the year prior. The only concern with Henry is that he's not much of a pass catcher. He's not going to get you the PPR numbers. 19 receptions, which tied 44th overall out of running backs. And he had no receiving touchdowns, which is why he doesn't go first in drafts. But Garrett, he's still there in the top five right now. Is he somebody that you'd be excited to take in the top five? And what are your expectations out of Derrick Henry this year after a 2,000-yard season? Oh, dude, I'd, I'd definitely take him in the top five. Uh, he's one of those guys that, you know, that the past two, three years that he's been consistent. He's been consistent in getting yards and touchdowns. Like, he's going to get you the points. And honestly, I think he had – quote me if I'm wrong, but I think he had more uh, receiving yards last year than he did the year before. You know, so they're trying to get him more involved a little bit more in that. But he's more of a – hand it off, run straight down your throat kind of guy. What I love about him is that he, and this is kind of upsetting, I mean, for their offensive line, you know, there's not a single pro bowler on that offensive line. And that's, that's to me, is, is just weird. Like, it, they, should, they should at least have one or two guys. Because if you're blocking for a guy that has 2,000 yards back-to-back season, you know, you think there's going to be somewhat – of you know an, an all-star or a pro bowler on that team on the offensive line but yeah I would definitely take him in the top five it depends on the price though if you're in an auction league you know I wouldn't go too money crazy on him you know I, I think he's around that 15 to 18 dollar range um but yeah I think I think he's definitely a guy you should definitely keep an eye on yeah, Derrick Henry's been consistent, as Garrett said. And, you know, last year, 2,000 yards. I don't think he gets there again this year. But even if he takes a step back, he's still going to be a top five running back. It, the big concern is PPR. It, it, and it's a big difference between a non-PPR and a PPR league. Because in non-PPR, he's probably going to be top two, easily top three pick just because uh, guys like McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook rely on uh, some receptions there. But in PPR league, he is going to drop a little bit. But I'd still take him over Saquon right now. I, I believe it's going uh, McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, and Saquon in your top four, and he's right there at five. 
So if you're drafting fifth, man, if you get him at five, that's incredible, even in a PPR league. Um, so I'm still drafting him in the top five. Arguably, I could take him over Saquon just because of Saquon's injury record and Derrick Henry being so consistent. And, and they're going to give him the ball. That's how they off, that offense works there. Uh, but they do add a receiver that is well known to the team this year and Julio Jones, which is something that Ryan Tannehill will really appreciate. Before we get to Julio, let's just talk about their overall receiving core. They got A.J. Brown on the team who finished Fantasy 10 with 1,075 yards and 11 touchdowns on 70 receptions. And those 11 touchdowns was fifth best overall out of wide receivers last year. He did improve from the year before, but now they add Julio, who only last year played in nine games with three touchdowns in 771 yards. So, Garrett, they improve their wide receiver core. How do you feel uh, about Julio being added to this team? Does that help out this team as far as uh, fantasy-wise? I, I know you're adding him. You still have A.J. Brown. Are you shying away from one receiver or the other, or are you all in on both of them? I would go all in on both of them, as long as Julio stays healthy. I think I think either option is great. Think about it. You have a dude that can run the ball, so play action all day. And you have now you have two great receivers that that Tannehill can throw the ball to. That is a deadly combination, man. That is a very deadly combination. Think about it. If Julio can have a season like he did um, down in Atlanta with fifteen almost fifteen hundred yards, you know, ten plus touchdowns, and then now you have uh, AJ Brown on the team. I don't think you'd go wrong with taking any of these guys. Uh, maybe first take A.J. Brown just because he's a little younger, more healthier at his age. Um, but if he's gone and Julio's there and that's the option, take him. I think, I think you take him all day. Uh, it gives you, it gives you a, I think he gives you a lot of value to your uh, team, especially in a PPR league. Yeah, you know, I like both of these guys. I'm going to draft Jones a little bit more than I am Brown just because of their ADP currently. Right now they have Brown as wide receiver seven, which is going in the third round there. And they have Jones as wide receiver 17 going the early fifth round. I, I just think where Jones is going, you take a look at some receivers right around him, Robert Woods, Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore. I still think that Jones is better than those receivers even if he's not the main guy in Tennessee, if he can take away some of that value from Brown, I agree with Garrett. Both of these guys are worth drafting. I think Brown does drop a little bit, but hey, he was fantasy 10. And even if he declines a little bit, he's still going to be a top receiver that you're going to aim for. So at the ADP for the value, I'm leaning a little bit uh, more towards Julio Jones because you think about it, the last few years, he's going in the first and second round. Now you get a guy that's a first and second rounder going in the fifth round. That's good value, and that's what we look for. So Garrett touched a little bit here on Ryan Tannehill, the guy that gets him the ball. And if you listen to us last year, we predicted that he would improve. And he did so by 14 fantasy spots there in the rankings from 2019 to 2020. He finished fantasy seventh 
with 3,819 yards, 33 touchdowns, and only seven interceptions. He also had seven rushing touchdowns, which is something when I saw that number, it, it kind of surprised me. I know he runs the ball, but I didn't think he had seven last year. So Tannehill is the quarterback. He's got his receivers. He's got a running back. He's got it all, Garrett. Uh, right now, it looks like he's going quarterback 10 right around Joe Burrow and Justin Fields. What do you think of this value where he's going? Is he somebody that you wouldn't mind having as your QB1 in fantasy? I think he definitely deserves that spot after the season he had last year. I think he was very underrated. I don't think many people uh, expected him to do what he did last year. I mean, yeah, you could argue that he had the best running back in the league. You know, all he did was hand the ball off. But no, his stats does not show that. Like, the dude threw for 3,800 yards. Like, he is a good quarterback. You know, he, he reads defenses really good, doesn't turn the ball over that often. And that's a, that's, a, that's a really cool stat that I didn't know he had seven. I knew he ran it a little bit. I knew he might have had like two or three, but I didn't know he had seven. Now, he's probably the guy that I, I, I don't think I like shoot after at first for quarterback. But he is, you know, if you're in a 12-man league, of course, that could be a, a potential starter for you. But if not, man, that's, that's a great backup if you get somebody even higher as your quarterback. You know, that's, I, I, I would take a shot on the guy, especially adding Jones this year. And, and having Browns coming back and stuff. And um, crap, why can't I think of their tight end? I know we're going to talk about him. Anthony Johnny Smith. Perster. John o. Smith, though, right? Or did he go somewhere else? No, he's up in New England now. So it's That's Anthony right. Persker. There's not much to talk about him. He only had one touchdown last year. So right. I don't know if he'll that, be any value. Yeah, that might be it. Actually, John o. Smith might be a big loss for Tennessee this year. Yeah, you know, he, he did pretty well. A uh, little injury concern, but definitely a guy worth drafting. Now teaming up with Hunter Henry up in New England. <laughs> they haven't had a good tight end since Gronk. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I agree. I think the value's there. Uh, Garrett, you and I in an auction league, I, I believe you could get Tannehill for two or three bucks, which, you know, there's a lot of guys that are going double digits for guys like Patrick Mahomes. I could see Josh Allen going in that range. So to get a guy like Tannehill to uh, man your team wouldn't be bad. I don't know if I'd aim for him. Uh, usually where I draft quarterbacks in a regular PPR league, I'm grabbing somebody a little bit better than him. But if he falls to me, I wouldn't be disappointed. I think he has right on that edge of a top 10 value. Adding Julio Jones just improves Ryan Tannehill. Uh, again, Fersker right there, one touchdown last year, not too much of a, a weapon. And their defense did struggle last year, which hurt them. Fantasy 25th, which uh, they did decline there. So where am I looking at? Tannehill, I'll list some quarterback one. I see him more as a quarterback two, but I like quarterback one value. Henry, obviously, running back one. You're going to want to draft him if you, he's available there for you, uh, if you're drafting right around his ADP. And, and right now, Jones and Brown are a consistent wide receiver two for me. I think either could go off as a wide receiver one in fantasy, but we don't know how they're going to do with the first year with each other. Uh, it could be big. They both could be huge. We'll find out. Last year, 11 and five, we predicted 10 and six. So we were pretty spot on there with the Tennessee Titans record. This year, I'm going even better. I like 13 and four. The record uh, or their schedule looks good for them. I think with the addition of Julio just helps out in the passing game. So 
It takes a little bit away from Derrick Henry. You won't know what they're going to do. I know they're run first offense, but don't be surprised if they pass a little more this year just because the addition of Julio Jones. I think that this is a sneaky team, Garrett. And if you're looking uh, for a bet to place, I believe it's plus 2,400 right now, or maybe even a little bit better for them to come out of the AFC. Uh, I don't know what you think about these Tennessee Titans. Do you see any value in them possibly winning the AFC? And what record do you feel they'll have? You're talking about the, the whole AFC? Or are you talking about just their division? I'm, I'm going all AFC. Division, I think they have a lock. I'm, I'm saying they come out of the AFC champs this year. Oh, okay. And that's a plus 2,400. Actually, I, I thought I'd throw 10 bucks on that. I'd easily throw 10 bucks on that. I don't think I'd go any more than 10 bucks just because I'm kind of cheap. But at the same time, <laughs> if you got money, <laughs> you know, throw it on them. Why not? I, they look like a deadly team. Honestly, I'd probably go if like, I would go with 13 and four, but playing it safe, I'd probably go 12 and five. Just in case you never know. You just never know. Yeah, for sure. The conference winner right now, and I'm looking at the updated odds for, let's see, why can't I? Tennessee is now 1,400. So either they went down a little bit or it was 1,400 altogether uh, to win their division right now, plus 110. So you're, you're getting plus for that. Uh, why not? Throw 10 bucks on it. I think that's uh, some good value there for these Tennessee Titans. 12 and 5, 13 and 4. You know, I, I, I think right around there is a safe bet for the Titans. Let's move on to a team that tied them last year as far as record-wise and in the division, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. And, Garrett, they add Carson once from Philadelphia. And last year, 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Year prior, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He really went downhill. Do you think that Carson once improves in Indianapolis? Do you think he gets back to his old self? Where, where do you see him this year? I can see him improving a little bit only because I think the offensive line is a lot better um, we're in, in Indianapolis than it was over in the, with the Eagles. Um, it's kind of hard to say, though, whether he's going to have a great year or not, just because I don't know how he's going to play. Watching him play last year was atrocious, man. Uh, it was He wasn't making any smart choices, so hopefully – with the new co- with the new coaches and new system that he's going into, they can get him back to his old ways. You know, I want to see, I want to see him improve, but I, right now I can't really say he's a guy that I'm not that I would not draft. I wouldn't take a chance on him. I think I'd let him in uh, free agency when I'm on the waivers list, see how he does for the first two w- weeks, and then I pick him up. Yeah, I believe this. I believe he's not even being drafted in any leagues right now, uh, just because of how poorly he did last year. If he does any worse, then he needs to get out of the NFL. Uh, so I do see some improvement, but I, I'm not drafting him at all in any leagues. Like you said, Garrett, let him fall. If he seems to be doing well, somebody to possibly pick up because he does have some weapons and some young guys there. And a veteran that will be thrown into is T.Y. Hilton, who had a rough year last year, three or he finished 39th overall out of the wide receivers in fantasy with 762 yards and five touchdowns. He also got Zach Pascal on that team, finished just a little bit below him with 629 yards and five touchdowns as well. 
Michael Pittman Jr. One touchdown. And they also have Paris Campbell on the team. So uh, if you look at the tight ends, that's a little bit stronger there. Jack Toyle, Mo Alley Cox. They shared some time last year. Doyle, three touchdowns. Mo Alley Cox came alive a little bit at the end of the year with two touchdowns. Right now they're listing Doyle as tight end one. So maybe he has some better weapons there in uh, Indianapolis. Garrett, how do you feel about this receiver core uh, that uh, Wentz will be thrown to? Um, I like it a lot. Actually, a guy that didn't really have that great of a season last year that I would keep an eye on is definitely Pittman Jr. I think I think he's do. I think he might blow up this year if wins can get better. I think that this dude has a lot of potential to take the league by storm. Not really like lead the the NFL, but you know, surprise and shock a lot of people are like, oh dang, maybe I should have taken him. You know, maybe I should have taken this guy. I think I think he is around like a seven to eight touchdown kind of guy with like at least to a thousand to twelve hundred yards this season if. Wentz can get him the ball. I also like Doyle a lot too. I think Doyle is a good pick uh, pickup for tight ends since tight ends are very you know scarce when you're drafting. You never know what you get, but you could probably get Doyle for a, ch- a really cheap price if you're one of the last guys to get a tight end, and he could probably bring you a lot of value to your team. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sleeping on Doyle at all. I, I think that if you're getting late into a a draft, you need a backup tight end. He's the guy to go. I think he has a lot of upside, even with Mo Alley Cox there. And we had seen what Carson Wentz has done in Philly. I, I mean, granted, he had no wide receivers to throw to, but he had great tight ends, uh, you know, with Zach Ertz there. So I I think that that could be a sneaky play here in fantasy. I, I'm still debating on whether he's worth the draft. It really just depends who's available uh, when you're trying to draft a backup tight end. Uh, but let's talk about the rookie who really showed out last year, and that's Jonathan Taylor. He finished running back four overall in fantasy in his rookie season. He had over a thousand yards rushing 11 touchdowns and one receiving touchdown on 36 receptions and right under 300 yards receiving. Right now, Taylor is going in the first round as a running back seven, right behind Zeke Elliott and a guy we just talked about, Derek Henry. Jonathan Taylor did share some time with Marlon Mack, but dominated his last four games with 560 yards. So right about half of the yards right there in the last four games and seven touchdowns. So seven of his 11 came in the last four games. Average fantasy fifth. So Mack was hurt, granted. But do you feel that Jonathan Taylor is worth a first-round pick? Oh, man, that's, that's a tough question because if Matt comes back and he's healthy and they do keep splinting and you waste your first-round pick on Jonathan Taylor, then you're kind of screwed. You know, you're only, it's, I guess you're not really screwed because you can end up being in the kind of situation like they have in Cleveland where you have a Chubb, you have Chubb and you have um, Hunt, like, they both blew up. So I take him in the first round last year, either one of those, I think you'd have been completely fine. I'd say go for it. Take a chance. If you really want a running back off the board and you see six running backs go right away, take them. You know, I, I think you take a chance on him because he, he does, he will bring a lot of value to your team. If you know, he is the number one going into uh, week one. 
Yeah, and, and I would say just listen to the news, watch the preseason, watch training camp, and see what's going on with Marlon Mack. Because usually they'll say if Mack's going to take away some carries. And honestly, Marlon Mack was a good fantasy running back the year prior before Jonathan Taylor was there. So this does kind of concern me where he's going in the drafts. I don't feel that he's a, a top 10 running back. I know he finished the season strong. But overall, with Marlon Mack there, it's tough to say if he'll be able to do that uh, again. Uh, definitely a guy that in the second round, if he's there to grab, um, I'm hesitant on taking him in the first round. But wait, that's why we draft closer to the regular season after the preseason's over, because then we know out of the camps what it looks like. They'll let us know if Taylor's going to be, you know, the number one main guy, at least the two down back if you bring Marlon Mack in there for the third down that's okay if they're going to share a lot of time that's a little concerning uh for Jonathan Taylor but they got a new quarterback and Carson Wentz if he doesn't do good we figure they're going to run the ball so there's still value there at the running back position for Jonathan Taylor and maybe Marlon Mack is still a good play later on in the draft oh yeah if if Indianapolis was smart and Jonathan Taylor is having a great hell of a year starting off I think you trade Marlon Mack and try to get whatever value out of you can get, whether that's to help out the team that same year or to get a draft pick out of him. I think, I think you look at that. I think Jonathan Taylor might be the future of that team after Marlon Mack's injury last year, trade Marlon Mack to a team that needs a running back. Who's willing to give up, you know, like a second, second and third, maybe a first if they're really desperate or willing to trade another guy to your team to help your team out. Yeah, that would make the most sense, Garrett. I I agree with that. Um, But that still could happen. We don't know what's going on, and this could be a decision made after the camp. Uh, But we'll wait and see. This is a player that I'm saying wait and see uh, when to draft him. I'm not saying that he's uh, a running back, too. I think he still has incredible running back one value, but – at the ADP, it's a little concerning for me at this time. We could be discussing our rankings and stuff in the last week or in our mock draft, and I could be thinking totally different. But at this time in July, I'm saying wait and see uh, the value of Taylor at the time of the regular season. So their defense, no issue last year. Fantasy third overall, that really helped them out. And uh, I'm going with Taylor. I'm drafting him easily. T.Y. Hilton and some of the receivers I see as a wide receiver two flex play. I, I agree with Pittman. I think out of all the guys I listed, Pascal Campbell, I think he's a wide receiver two uh, on the team. Somebody to watch out for that has a lot of upside this year. So last year, 11 and five, we predicted 10 and six. Uh, we did for both teams. That's funny. We, we thought that the Titans and the Colts would both finish 10 and six. Well, they both finished 11 and five this year. I, I think they take a small step back just because of the new quarterback. Uh, I'm going 10 and seven. I think their defense carries them a lot of the way, but there's a lot of questions with Carson Wentz uh, in his first year there. So a lot of questions with this team, there is upside there, but I'm going to go 10 and seven and play it a little safe. Garrett, what do you think? Um, with that defense and everything, keeping them in games, they know they they were up there in the turnover ratio 
um, especially in the beginning of the year. So that's defense. I, one of the defenses I think I'll take if available, you know, um, I'd probably go with 10 and seven too. You know, it's a quarterback situation, you know, it's a little iffy and with the running back situation as, as well, depending on who they go with and how well Carson Wentz plays, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to say because the scene, the scene, the Tennessee Titans and how stacked they are, you know, they're, they're probably going to win that division. So I think, uh, the, they'll at least take, they'll at least take one from the Colts. You know, I don't know. I don't think the Colts have a chance of beating the Titans um, out for the division. So I would definitely have to go for 10 and seven record. All right. We're in agreement with that. So let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars and they pretty much have a whole new team this year. They get coach urban Meyer uh, to join them down in Jacksonville. And with the first overall pick, he gets his guy, Trevor Lawrence, out of Clemson, who averaged 30 touchdowns in three seasons and only a six interception average in three seasons with Clemson. And he was a national champ as a freshman. What do you think about Trevor Lawrence's uh, addition to this team? What do you think of the fantasy value right off the bat as a rookie down there in Jacksonville? Oof. I think he's going to improve the team. He will definitely improve the team from last year. I, I, I'm so iffy on drafting uh, quarterbacks that come right out of college, you know, rookies. I, I just don't, I, I always get so iffy when I, when I see them out there. He's definitely a guy that I'd sit on and wait if you're in a later draft and, you know, you need a backup quarterback and you just want to take a chance on somebody. I'd say you take a chance on him. You know, I could see him bringing a lot of value down there. I could see him do uh, getting a decent amount of touchdowns. Hopefully he doesn't turn the ball over that much. But I, rookies sometimes have a have a tough time when coming in the league playing in uh, against, you know, really good defenses. Like they, they just it's just a total different atmosphere. You know, some rookies have come in the league and taken the, the league by storm, but Especially with the team he's at right now, I, 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 I'd be a little iffy taking him. Yeah, this Jacksonville team, you know, they get some weapons there offensively, but they're still the Jaguars when you, <laughs> when you look at it. They got a poor defense, one of the worst in the leagues, and he's jumping right into the NFL. Uh, his value is tough to predict right now. You might get a better grasp come preseason. And again, as we say all the time, that's why we wait to draft after the preseason to see uh, what his value is right now. Not a guy I'm looking to draft, but that could change if he goes off in the preseason. Only time will tell. Let's take a look at his wide receiver core. And they had an addition and uh, I know a fan favorite of Garrett's from Detroit, Marvin Jones Jr. They drafted or not drafted, but picked up in free agency wide receiver one right now. He's listed at because last year, fantasy 15th, with 76 receptions, 978 yards, and nine touchdowns, which was tied for eighth. And that's with Matt Stafford at quarterback. I think that's a fantastic pickup. I'm sure that he will agree. Uh, and he also has some good value, folks. Wide receiver, 49th. Right now going in the 10th round as a fantasy 15th last year, which I don't think the difference from Stafford to uh, Lawrence will be much of a difference. Guys like Henry Ruggs, Cole Beasley, and Jalen Waddell are being drafted around him. What good upside 
Uh, Garrett, I'll have you touch on it in a second. They also have LaVisca Chenault, who was wide receiver 30. Right now, he's going in the late sixth, early seventh round. He finished wide receiver 29th last year, 600 yards in five touchdowns. Not really good value there. Chris Manhurts listed as tight end one and really has no value to the team. But the guy you're high on, Garrett, Marvin Jones Jr., fantasy 15th, going in the 10th round. What do you think about that? Ooh, I, I, I like him. I, the 10th round, that's, I think that's a great pickup being in the 10th round, man. That's, <laughs> I think he, I, I think him and Trevor could have a great connection. You know, I know he's getting a little bit older and stuff, but, you know, he still showed out at, with um, Detroit um, and stuff. I think, I think he's a guy you could look after uh, going into drafts if you need a wide receiver deep in drafts. Also, what what did DJ Shark finish last year? He's still off the team, right? I believe he is off the team now. I actually think he went to I'm trying to think where he went to. Give me a second here. I'm drawing a blank. Because you could either. Oh, they still have him on the Jaguars as well. I yeah, I mean that's. They just don't have. He he's would be their wide receiver three. Right now, okay. right now. I don't know. With a new quarterback, you, you never know uh, who Trevor finds a connection with. So, you know, I think any of those guys you could take a chance on if you need if you need a wide receiver and wide receivers are getting low in, in drafts or you just wait in waivers, you know, wait in waivers, see who Lawrence is throwing to. But definitely if Jones, if Marvin Jones is available, I think you take him deep in drafts for sure yeah I love that value when I saw 10th I'm like 10th after a guy finished 15th in a a system in Detroit that really wasn't that much better uh, than Jacksonville will be this year so that is a sleeper pick for me a guy around that round that I'll be taking is probably one of my third fourth wide receivers if he's there uh, probably even further down the line but this this team is still a big question mark. And like Garrett said, DJ Chark is still on the team. Uh, who will Trevor Lawrence like? Maybe we get a touch of it in the preseason. But another guy that they add is a running back from, oh yeah, Clemson with Trevor Lawrence there. And that's Travis Etienne. And uh, first of all, let's talk about James Robinson. Finished running back seventh last year. Over 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns, and three receiving touchdowns, 49 receptions. Right now, he's going in the 10th round as a running back, 29. Why is this? And that's because of Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne right now is listed as their running back one as their second-round pick. Or Actually, I think it was the uh, later first round. He is another Clemson draftee, and he did get to play with Lawrence all four Years He averaged 18 touchdowns a, a year and also improved in the passing game. Right now, he's going in the seventh round. But it looks like Urban wants to run with the young guy. What do you think about this, Garrett? You acted surprised, but it is true. Etienne getting drafted over Robinson as Robinson was a running back seven, and now he's getting drafted in the 10th round.
Oh man, I think I think they're doing him dirty after the season he had last year. You know, yeah, maybe maybe Etienne is can be better than Robinson, but Robinson really proved him some new fantasy value uh, on on certain weeks or and stuff like that. I, and I understand Etienne is a really Clemson. He also ran the ball very well, but I think I I, I don't know. I, I think we have preseason to see which guy got more reps, which one looks better in the preseason. Because honestly, I think I think Robinson on the 10th round is way, way, way too low for him. I think he needs to be higher up. I think he, I think he deserves to be higher up after the rookie season he had last year. Yeah, that's where they're going. Uh Again, this is kind of like the Colts situation. You kind of have to wait to see the preseason, what's going on. I'm sure both of these guys will get touches in the preseason. Maybe we'll have better answers out of camp on who is the true number one. I think they both share time, and that's a little concerning. Uh, and I, I believe that's why these guys are going in the seventh and tenth round. But James Robinson in the tenth round, uh, as well as he did last year, even if he does share time with Travis Etienne, might be a good value play. Again, another player in the 10th round that could have huge, uh, huge upside, especially where they risk, list them at running back 29. So I'm still drafting Robinson over Etienne, but at this time, kind of stay away from both of them uh, until we figure out who's the true number one. And, uh, maybe take a flyer on Robinson. I'm, I'm just not sold on ETN unless he goes off in the preseason. So the defense, not one that you're going to want to draft. They're one of the worst in the league. A tight end play isn't much better, uh, but Trevor Lawrence could have some value. I think Marvin Jones has some great value, even as a flex play right off the bat, drafting him in the 10th round. Uh, it's, it's tough to say with these running backs where they fall, where you'd want them. Uh, again, one uh, the the set of running backs here is is one that I'm waiting for the preseason to be over with before I make my determination. But as it stands right now, Robinson definitely the better value play at his ADP in the tenth round. So last year he couldn't really get much worse. One in fifteen, we were a little bit higher on him. We went five and eleven. We thought they'd improve. Garrett this year with the whole new. Uh, coaching staff, whole new uh, quarterback, yet in a new rookie running back, a new wide receiver. How do you think this team does? What's the record you got for him? I got five and twelve. I think I think we'll see an improvement, but I don't think we'll see that much of an improvement this year. And I think they're still young. Uh, their defense is still god awful. You know, they got a lot of work to do, and I think it's going to be a process for Urban Myers. Um, it's, he's not going to go down there and get a winning team right off the bat. He's going to have to make some moves, coach, really, really uh, figure out what guys he needs and what players he needs to build that team. I think it might be a five-year process before that team even gets to a winning record under under him. Um, I just, I just don't see, <laughs> I don't see much of an improvement. But five and twelve, I think, is the max you're going to get out of this team. Yeah, I, I'm going a little lower. I, I like three and 14 just because this defense is still god awful. And, and you can't win games without a good defense. 
and, and it's just a huge question mark on this offense of how Trevor Lawrence will do, how your uh, running back Travis Etienne, if you're going with him, how he'll do. We know what James Robinson can produce, but if you're throwing Robinson under the bus and having Etienne as running back one, how will he do? Adding Marvin Jones, what's that going to be like? And again, a new quarterback throwing to them. We don't know. The team is still the Jaguars. I'll, I'll go three and 14, but maybe they'll surprise us and go five and 12. We'll, we'll have to find out. But the last team in the division we're going to be discussing is the Houston Texans. And right now, Garrett, there's still a huge question mark on Deshaun Watson because he's still listed as quarterback one and he has been training, but he still could be suspended by the league for his actions uh, obviously, within in courts, we won't really get into that, but uh, he finished quarterback five last year. He was first overall in yards, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He also had 444 rushing guards and three rushing touchdowns. Right now, he's listed at quarterback 23. So the uh, ESPN is not thinking that he is going to be playing this year. If so, we don't know how many games and what the suspension would be like, as well as he may sit out. So uh, if he does, Tyrod Taylor is the backup. And uh, we uh, saw what happened in L.A. <laughs> uh, I'll, have you touch, I'll have you touch on this real quick, Garrett, of your thoughts on Deshaun Watson and uh, high hopes for Tyrod Taylor if Watson <laughs> isn't there. Um. Allegations aside, suspensions aside, if anything happens, I think 23. They're only probably picking on 23 because they don't think he's going to play a full season. If he plays the full season, he's definitely definitely a quarterback you should go after. He puts signs over receivers. He he gets the job done. that's That's a quarterback that's proven himself year after year that you should take him as your number one. Now, if he doesn't eventually, if he doesn't get the start because of a suspension, oh man, Tyrod Taylor, I want to like the dude, but man, he is, in my opinion, he is a clock manager quarterback. You saw that up in um, Buffalo. You didn't see much of it. You, you saw some of it in Cleveland. And then the poor guy barely got to play in Los Angeles because of the damn doctor. Uh, but I, I really think, I really think you don't take a chance on Tyron. If that's the case, I think you just let him, let him go. One of the, it's what you just see what he does or what kind of guys on the waivers. But if Deshaun starts, you definitely take that dude as your number one. I'll tell you what, in an auction league, they better pay me to take Tyrod Taylor. If that's the case, <laughs> I'm not putting any money out for him. The best thing that happened to the Chargers is what happened with the doctor there. It's wrong to say, but it's it's truthful. Uh, yeah, Watson, another guy you have to wait on because if he does play, he has that top uh, five potential as a quarterback. And we've seen it last year, even with a not-so-great wide receiver core, losing DeAndre Hopkins. So wait and see. There's still a lot of time. He is a guy that I would draft, even if there's still a big question mark at the beginning of the season, as a backup just because of that high upside potential that he has. I'm really There's really slim hopes that I 
think that he's actually going to play. And if he doesn't play, this team will be just as bad as the Jacksonville Jaguars, in my opinion. But they do get Brandon Cooks back. He was a sleeper for us last year. I know uh, you and I liked him, Garrett. ADP 30 last year. He finished wide receiver 16, 81 receptions, 1,150 yards, which broke the top 10, and six touchdowns. They also have Randall Cobb and Kiki QT on the team. And uh, it's just incredible how value could change with Watson playing and Watson not playing. Because if he plays, I think Brandon Cooks has the potential of being a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, uh, you know, a, a high wide receiver two, low wide receiver one, uh, or a flex play. Um, right now he's going wide receiver 31st as late sixth, early seventh round. Um, it's really tough to say. Again, it falls back on Watson. And Jordan Akins is their tight end, only one touchdown last year. Uh, Garrett, Brandon Cooks, guy we liked last year. Are you hesitant on this receiver core debating quarterback starter of the year? Starter of the year, maybe a little bit, but I still think Cooks gets a lot of looks, even if Tyrod Taylor is back there throwing balls. I think you go, I think, you know, Tyrod Taylor is going to find that he knows um, who's had really good back-to-back-to-back-to-back seasons. And I think Cooks is that guy. I think I think he tries to target him all to anybody else. Um, if if Deshaun starts, I think you're safe taking you know a decent amount of the receivers just because he spreads the ball around so much and he's just he's just a great quarterback, man. He he really he he is such a great vision down the field, seeing who's open, you know, getting the ball in the tight areas. Uh, but with Tyrod back there, you know, it's a little iffy on certain receivers. But I think I still think Cooks is is a guy you go after. You know, you can even say Cootie uh, or Cootie, however, however the hell you say his last name. But uh, definitely, he could be another guy uh, that goes. You can go after. Like he said, he's definitely a, probably a one or, or two, and on other teams, if you if you would get traded. Yeah, Cooks has the potential value depending on Watson for me again. I, I think that sixth, seventh round is a good value, especially if Watson's playing. Uh, I, I could see that being uh, raised up to maybe the fourth round, depending on Watson's uh, play. Right now, it's tough for me to draft him. Sixth, seventh round, I'd say, okay, I maybe take a flyer on him to no matter who's the quarterback, but uh, he has potential. Again, there's a lot of wait and see type plays here in the AFC South. So uh, we will have better answers come uh, the start of the season after the preseason running back wise, pretty much every washed up running back you can imagine is on this team. David Johnson last year finished running back 19 with 691 yards, six touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns. They also add Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram. They're running with those three this year. Um, I think that they all get some time, and this is why uh, the running backs go is this. Johnson running back 32 in the 11th round. Lindsay running back 53 in the last round. So do you see any value out of drafting any of these running backs, Garrett? 
Oh man, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a tough question. Um, let me think here. Eh, David Johnson, I, we had, I thought I was going to have higher hopes on him down in the Texans. You know, I drafted him in that, that, that league, the auction league, and he didn't really get what I wanted him out of the price I paid for him. But, you know, with them adding, you know, Philip Lindsay now and David Johnson, I think it's one of those things where you just, if you need a flex position, I think those two would be a perfect flex position unless, unless you need a, you know, a running back one or two. But I feel like both of those running backs right now in the current situation are definitely flex players. Yeah, I agree. It's hard to tell who's going to be the number one. Right now it's David Johnson, and I can see that out of all of them. I see Lindsey getting some touches there too, and maybe Mark Ingram. He's kind of getting up there, you know, not really used in Baltimore the last year with Dobbins uh, towards the end of the season. So I think Johnson's the number one. Uh, at In the 11th round, I mean, why not? If you're looking for a backup, backup, backup running back, I mean, I wouldn't mind taking David Johnson, especially if he's going to be a starter. I mean, the 11th round's fantastic for uh, a starting running back. So I, I would wait and see where he falls to you. And again, what out of the camp, who they like as their number one right now, it is David Johnson. So this team last year wasn't that great, 4-12, and 12, one of the worst defensive teams as well. And, a few years ago, we were talking about them being one of the best. Now they're one of the worst. Uh, four and 12, we predicted seven and nine. Garrett, what do you think record-wise for this team? Ooh, Deshaun Watson plays. Um, I'll go with like a seven and 10 season, just to be optimistic. Tyrod Taylor starts. I'll go with like a three and no, no, no. I'll go off a four and 12. No, four and uh, four and uh, 13. All right. Sorry for the pause there. Uh, <laughs> I have less optimism. I'm going <laughs> with, Ty, with Watson four and 13. Uh, again, this is pretty much the same team coming in. Uh, maybe they go one better, but I'll say four and 13. Without Tyrod Taylor, I think they're the worst team in the NFL, and they go one in sixteen. I just, oh. I have no, I have no uh, hope in Tyrod Taylor. He's been everywhere, and he hasn't succeeded. So, uh, I, I, I think that it's going to be a bad season, no matter what, in Houston. Uh, and they need to be looking for the future there, as far as quarterback. Uh, goes Tyrod Taylor isn't your answer so with Tyrod Taylor you're saying that they do worse than the New York Jets yeah wow I like I, that I like that though I, I think the Jets have a little bit more hope as far as their quarterback and wide receiver core I think defensively they'll be a tad bit better um, so I'm not saying it's going to be much better but I I, I think that the Jets can can sneak one out. And that one win, I'd say, is probably versus Jacksonville for Houston. <laughs> <laughs> to be quite honest with you, it's going to be a division win. Maybe At I – yeah, yeah. I mean, 4-12 and 12 last year with Watson. So uh, uh, an upset Watson and a bad tie rod, that's why I don't see the, the improvement. Maybe they get there. 
maybe they get two wins for old Tyrod as long as his doctor doesn't do anything dumb to him. <laughs> I don't know, Gary. Uh, but that's that's what I'm saying here. So that is the AFC South for you guys. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, a lot of question marks in this division, but the one guarantee that I can say is place a small bet on the Titans to at least win the division. I see them potentially coming out of the AFC and winning it all with this team. Right now, plus $1,400 isn't bad. Why not take a risk? Throw 10 bucks on there or whatever you can afford. Uh, but if you enjoyed it, go follow us on our Instagram, rm underscore fantasy football. And we are over on Twitter as well. Uh, we'll get that back fired up. Roast underscore M pod. So Garrett, I want to thank you for enjoying me or for joining me this week. I hope you enjoyed it with me. And oh, uh, <laughs> as always, we'll be back next week with the AFC East, which should be just as fun and interesting. So go follow us on there. Show us the support. We're on Google play. We're on Spotify, roast masters, fantasy football. Give, give us a listen, listen, share it. We appreciate it and have a good one. See you guys.